Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This weekend, we had a special Mother's Day message from lead pastor Tamara Dumas. We hope you enjoy today's message. Morning. Happy Mother's Day. Can we take a moment to say hello to everyone who's joining us online, watching at our Plant City or our South Shore campus? Can we say hello? Hello, hello. We love you. We love you. I really, I do want to take a minute to really celebrate moms. Like, I want to make a big deal out of it because we only get this one day, right, where all the attention is on us. So let's take advantage of it for a minute. I'm going to ask you to stand in categories according to your kid's age. And then once you're standing, stay standing until the end, okay, because we're going to celebrate together. So if your children are all 25 or older, will you please stand? All your children are age 25 and older. Woo, look at it. Look, look, look. Ladies, you did it. You made it. You are our inspiration. And they're even smiling. Look, they're smiling. They didn't just survive, they thrived. Praise God. Okay, so if you have children, middle school, high school, college, and older, please stand. Woo! Yep, yep, you're almost there. You're almost there. Don't give up. Turn around to the other ladies, say, don't give up. If you have elementary age children, will you please stand? Yay! Oh, that's so fun when they're in elementary school. I love that stage. Turn around to the ladies around you and say, you can do it. Don't give up. Okay, remain standing. One more, one more. Last group. If you have babies, toddlers, and preschoolers, will you stand? Yay! Boy, we are praying for you. These are the ladies that are not getting any sleep right now. We pray for you for sleep in Jesus' name. Turn around to the ladies around you and say, don't give up, you can do it. You can do it. Can we all celebrate the moms? We love you. We love you, our moms in Oklahoma and Texas, we love you. All right, now you may be seated. Thank you, thank you. I just love doing that, it's fun. (laughs) I would be really remiss uh, if I didn't take a moment to mention those of you who are hurting today. Oh, I'm going to hold myself together here. Some of you may be grieving because uh, you have a dream to be a mom, and that dream hasn't come to fruition yet. Or maybe you've lost a baby through miscarriage. Um, Greg and I suffered two miscarriages, um, so we understand how that feels. And some of you may be celebrating Mother's Day for the first time without your mom. And so I just want to take a minute to pray. If you'll join me, we just want to validate and let you know that, that we understand what it feels like to hurt this way. So will you just join me in praying? Father, I thank you for your presence, and I thank you that you know all things, all things about us, including the depth of our heartache. And I pray for every person within the sound of my voice who is hurting to receive your presence and your loving embrace right now. I ask you, Lord, to give them hope, Lord Jesus, because you are our hope. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for doing that with me. Um, Before I jump into the message today, I do want to invite all the ladies to our Becoming Conference, June 24th and 25th. So some of you have been before. I'm so excited. This is the 10th anniversary of Sisterhood and our Becoming Conference, and we are so thrilled to have Lisa Harper. She is an internationally known speaker, 
Oh, it's coming. She is an internationally known speaker who has written multiple books and Bible studies. And she will definitely make you laugh. She might possibly make you cry. And all the while, applying God's word to your life. So you do not want to miss out on getting to see her in person at the Tampa campus in June. And I often hear women say, I don't do women. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do women's things. And we say that because of all of our history with mean girls. I'm getting amens at the Tampa campus. I recently saw a post from a dad with teenagers and he said, mean girls isn't a movie, it's a documentary. (laughs) And it's so true, we can be horrible to each other. And so if you have never come to any of our sisterhood events because of all of your history with mean girls and mean women, it's not just when we're young that we do that, I just wanna encourage you to give God the opportunity to redeem what was stolen in your life through those negative experiences. I mean, I will tell you, sisterhood is full of imperfect women, but we do come together to learn together, to grow together, to learn to celebrate one another, and to find our place of belonging at the crossing. So I am really praying that you will join us, invest in yourself. And if you haven't already bought your mom a Mother's Day gift, which is a little bit scary, it's kind of late. But if you haven't, a ticket to Becoming Conference would be perfect, perfect gift for her. So the most important point right now is that you want to register by Tuesday this week to receive our exclusive conference t-shirt that will not be for sale at the event, but also the first 650 women to register are guaranteed our conference gift. That's in addition to the t-shirt. So be sure and register by Tuesday. Of course, registration will still be open. You can totally still come. Um, But I just encourage you, if you don't already have friends here at church, then bring a friend, bring a friend from work or your neighborhood or your, your family, come and we want to get to know you. We want to include, so just, will you just do this? Say, I'm coming to conference. How'd that sound at South Shore? Because I think I need it again at Tampa. I'm coming to conference. That's better. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that plant city. I expect to see you at our becoming conference. So let's take a second to pray together for the message. I definitely need it. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day and the opportunity to celebrate moms. I pray, Lord Jesus, for every heart, not just the hearts of moms, to be open today to receive what you have. I believe that you speak to us. Your Holy Spirit speaks. It doesn't have anything to do with me. So I just pray for every person to receive what you intend in this message today. And I pray that I decrease and you come forth because apart from you, Lord Jesus, I can do nothing. And I ask all this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So as I was praying for this week and praying for this message, I was asking myself, what do we need on Mother's Day? And the first thought that came to me is, you know, maybe, maybe you just need your family to fill your love tank. Have you heard of the book called The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman? There are, there are five ways that people receive love and feel loved. And oftentimes the way that you express love to people that you love is the way that you actually receive love and get your love tank filled up. And those five things are 
uh, acts of service. Let's see if I can remember them. <laughs> acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, and physical touch. And so if you, are, if you don't already know what your love languages are, there is a, a short little test you can take online. And we did include that link in the Bible notes at the Crossing app if you want to take a look at it there. Um, a sign of emotional maturity is being able to define what it is that we need and then being able to communicate it. And so I'm really praying for all of the ladies here that we are able to define what it is we need and then be able to communicate it to our families, but then also for the pressure to come off so that you'll be able to receive whatever it is that they have capacity to give you so that you don't experience disappointment, but that you receive a blessing over this Mother's Day weekend. And that, so some people just need their love tank filled. And like one of my love languages is receiving of gifts. And that's why when you come to conference, you receive a gift because I like to give them and I like to receive them. And, <laughs> uh, but really, at our sisterhood events, we really do try to touch all the love languages. We want to have quality time with our sisters. We want to have physical touch through hugs and encouragement. We want to love you through acts of service because we're serving, serving, serving with all the food and the fun. It's great. So um, I really don't mean to keep advertising sisterhood, but it's my life and my heart Ugh, and I'm passionate about it and I want you to come. But there's something different some people need their love languages met, but there's something different for the, some others of us that are here this weekend. Um, as I was preparing, especially on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I got the most overwhelming burden, and it was, it was this feeling of guilt for every mistake I've ever made as a mom. And it was, um, it was almost paralyzing. Like it really, it really, it took my breath away. It kept me from concentrating. Um, and by Wednesday night, I was in tears saying to Greg, I, I'm sorry this is really late notice, but I can't do this. I'm not speaking this weekend. I don't deserve to be up there. I have nothing to say. Um, and then the, the Lord revealed to me that I wasn't just experiencing my own mom guilt, but that I actually was receiving the burden for many of you and how heavy your mom guilt feels. It's kind of like um, when our pastors receive a prophetic word where maybe you've been in one of our services where they come out and say, all of a sudden I have shoulder pain and I don't normally have pain in my shoulder, so I believe we need to pray for shoulders to be healed. And so I feel like it's that, like the Lord allowed me to, to carry and feel this burden. Thank God for only those three days, because I don't know if I could have done it any longer. But to feel that with you and to ask him, what do we need? And we need validation. We need validation from our church family. We need validation from the Lord that motherhood is not just a walk in the park, you know? It's hard, it's challenging, and we, gosh, we wanna do the best we can. And so there, there are a few tools, things that we can put in our tool belt, things that we can do to apply to our lives that I think are going to help us 
to not be overwhelmed and overcome by mom guilt. Moms, we pour out love all the time, don't we? We comfort, we cook, we clean, we do laundry and laundry and laundry. We referee, we chauffeur, we teach, we life coach, we organize toys, we organize birthday parties, we make memories and we record them because um, long-term memory doesn't actually develop in a child's brain until like age six or seven. So we have to have all the, the pictures so that we can show them, look what a good mom I am and all these wonderful experiences I gave you before you could remember them. We set rules, we establish boundaries, then we have to enforce the rules and maintain the boundaries. But we do all these things, not only to keep our children safe, but because we love them, we love them so deeply and we literally would do anything for them to have a lifetime of success and happiness. And yet, in all those efforts, we feel guilty. Have you heard the quote that motherhood and guilt go hand in hand? Well, I thought of it this weekend or this week. I was thinking, you know, guilt to motherhood is like peanuts to peanut butter. You just can't have one without the other. And it doesn't seem to matter how much we give and sacrifice, we can totally be overwhelmed by the mistakes that we've made to the point that we miss out on celebrating the successes and we spend way too much energy wishing we could have opportunities for do-overs. But here's the thing, we can only do what we can do. Everybody is doing the best they can with what they have at any given moment. So when there are gaps, we have to give those to Jesus. Thank you. When the apostle Paul was asking the Lord to remove the thorn from his flesh, Jesus replied in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I am not saying our children are thorns in our flesh. <laughs> not saying that. <laughs> but the continual changes and challenges of child rearing can feel like a burden that never goes away. No one is fully equipped for every situation in parenting. If we were, we wouldn't need Jesus. But his grace is sufficient. When we confess our weaknesses to him, his grace is sufficient. So what are some of these tools that we can put in our toolbox? I think there are things we can do in the physical and things we can do in the spiritual. The first is that we just want to stay involved in our children's lives. Now, if you have little children, you have no option but to stay. You, you have no escape, actually, because they need you all the time, right? But you know, as they get older, even as young as upper elementary, they start to put more stock in the influence of their friends and the opinions of their friends more than yours. And so I just encourage you, like, don't be offended by that. Don't feel rejected by that because they need you, whether they think they do or not. And they do come back around. They really do. They come back around. You are the most valuable voice in their lives. The ways, some of the ways we can stay involved. Oh, iPad, don't scare me. Okay. Some of the ways that we stay involved in their lives. First, my first recommendation is to stalk them openly. 
If you look at the book of Proverbs, it's full of wisdom in parenting. And it says things like, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he, was old, when he is old, he will not depart from it. Or spare the rod, spoil the child. Well, I'm convinced if there had been phones and technology in biblical times, there would be Proverbs that say, stalk openly. <laughs> it's true. You need to know their passwords and they need to know you're going to use their passwords to check their stuff. <laughs> you need to know their friends. You need to pay attention to who those voices are that they're playing video games with. Are they communicating with people they've never actually met in person? Because that is creepy. We need, to, we need to monitor like where they're going, who they're going with, and what they're gonna do when they get there, and are they actually staying there when they get there? And I'm so thankful there's all these apps now, right, where we can just track our kids. You know, how fast they drove to get there, how long, like, all that stuff. Well, it's imp we do it, we are the parent. No one else is gonna do that, so it's our job. It's so important, not just for their safety, but in order for us to combat the secular worldview that's feeding them constantly. Another great way to stay involved in the physical and is through family dinners. Now, I grew up in Oklahoma, so dinner was actually lunch, and then supper was dinner, but now it's lunch and dinner. But anyway, it doesn't matter. 33% um, Family meals have declined 33% over the last 20 years. Only 30% of American families have any consistency of eating meals together. And a poll taken by YouGov found 62% of parents with children under the age of 18 wished that they had dinner more frequently or meals together more frequently. There are so many benefits. This is crazy, y'all. So many benefits to spending time together over a meal. It strengthens our children's sense of security and belonging. It leads to stronger mental health and feelings of happiness. It can even decrease behavior problems, decrease potential risky behavior as they get older, and increase academic performance. I'm all about that. We want all our kids to get straight A's. And believe it or not, this is crazy. Family meals decrease stress for parents. It's hard for us to believe that as moms because it's really stressful to get everybody at the table. But if you can do it, it's gonna decrease your stress. If you're not accustomed to having family meals together, it just might feel impossible. And I totally get it. Because just in the Dumas house, to prepare a meal, we have to carb count for type one diabetes. We have food allergies, food sensitivities, food intolerances, and good old fashioned finickiness, which is usually me. But then there's the challenge of the schedule. When our daughter Tori was in high school, she played club volleyball. So there were a lot of nights that the kids were eating dinner in the car while we were taking her to practice. And now our son Zeke, the one that you've seen around here that grows an inch every single night. So every day I'm like, what, what, what? He is so hungry by the time dinner is ready at like six o'clock. It's not like I make him wait long, but by six o'clock, he's so hungry, he has eaten his whole first serving before the rest of us can even get to the table. But we make him stay, like, no, 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 you can't leave. We're connecting, this is connection time. Greg's family loves food and flavor and sauces. He's my saucy man. Um, but I don't, 
I don't have that. And our daughter, our daughter Lainey did not get that from her dad like the other two. But Lainey and I still totally enjoy time with our family around the table, especially because it gives her the opportunity to do her excellent impressions of me. <laughs> and I would like to think that I'm not that dramatic and expressive, but according to my family, she is spot on. Family meals do not have to be these high expectation experiences with these really deep theological discussions. It's really just meant to be a time, a consistent time to be together and thank God for your food together and then give the opportunity for that connection to hear from your kids. So if you'll practice, ask, don't like, let's not ask, how was your day? Because what's the response? Fine. So what if we asked, what are three good things that happened today and one thing you wish could be different? Because that really gives everybody at the table the opportunity to express something that might be hurtful or impactful, but then also helps our brains return to joy because we're expressing appreciation through the good things that happened. Um, at one point when the kids were younger, I actually kept an appreciation journal on the, the, the kitchen table. And so when we would do those, I always tried to get them to write their appreciations. They didn't always cooperate, but I'm so thankful I did that because it's in their handwriting. You know, Zeke was little. It's when they're still, they don't really know how to spell yet and they're sounding out those words and I usually would have to go back and write the interpretation of what it was he was saying. And most of the time it had to do with catching fish, but I'm just, I just love having that treasure and the appreciation is so good for us to celebrate together. Um, so it just gives us that consistency, but it also gives us the opportunity as parents to intercept the messaging that doesn't match our core beliefs as a Christian family. So another tool for your tool belt is consistent church attendance and participation. I mean, you're all here today, so I'm sure I'm only preaching to the people that are out there somewhere. But only 22% of Americans attend church on a weekly basis. And out of that same group that was surveyed, 40% consider themselves very religious. So to me, those stats don't quite match. But I am not saying that to cause guilt. That is the last thing I want to do today. But I am here to tell you that your lifestyle matters. Coming to church and serving in your giftedness is not something else to do it's not something else to just put on your calendar. Christ is our life. Christ is our life. Colossians 3 says, Christ is your life. Acts 17, 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our breathing, have our being, not breathing, but yes, breathing. Everything comes from him. So why wouldn't we wanna be here as often as possible to worship him and serve him? Now you might think, how does attending church make a difference in our family when I'm worshiping with the adults and my children and teenagers are in their own service? Well, I mean, it literally opens the door for discussion for you to find out, did you learn something new this week? Or is there something you're going to do differently in your everyday life because of what you learned today? Or are you hearing things at church that sound different than what you hear at school or in movies or in commercials. Like it really opens the door. And here at The Crossing, we are here to partner with you as parents. 
We want to come alongside you as you build this foundation of faith, and we want to reinforce the biblical values that you are teaching your children. And our children's ministry, we have all these resources for you too. If you'll pay attention when you pick your kids up, they come home with this little paper. We have... um, apps you can follow, devotionals you can do. Like we really want to partner with you. Regular, um, oh, I already said that. I'm going to keep going. Again, that was not to cause you to feel guilty. It's truly an invitation for you to take the next step towards strengthening your family's connection, not only with each other, but with Jesus. So the next tool is not really a tool that would fit in a tool belt because it's too massively important, and that is prayer. We want to pray for our children. And prayer is more like an excavator. It's like this massive piece of equipment that makes the greatest change to the landscape of a work site. And so thinking about praying for your children might sound scary. Like, yes, that is something I want to do, but I don't know what to pray. Well, we have, there are so many resources now. Um, This was one of my favorites. It's kind of, it's an older book called The Power of a Praying Parent. It's been re-released. It might, the new release might be even more updated, but you don't even have to read the chapters in the book. You can just go to the end of each chapter and pray through all of these different subjects that the strengthening the family relationships, protection from harm, healing and health, freedom from fear, seeking wisdom and discernment, growing in faith, and then an all important one that we all want to pray for our children and that's who they will marry. So that, she just gives you all of the words to pray. But also we have the help of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So honestly, with the access that we have now to information, you don't even have to buy books anymore. You just Google it. You know, I I Googled prayers for children, and it was like five best prayers, 10 breast prayers, 15 breast prayers. I can't talk. (laughs) This is the third service. I'm starting to... Okay. But this is the thing about prayer, like everything else in our lives and what we're teaching our children, the more you practice, the better you get. And it's the same with prayer. The more more you practice, the better you get. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray continually. So repeat after me, first Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray continually. Good job, you just memorized a Bible verse. That's a successful day in in your life with Jesus. Whether you realize it or not, we are in a spiritual battle for the lives of our children. The all-consuming guilt that I experienced is a tactic of the enemy to cause us as moms to take our eyes off of Jesus, take our eyes off the present moment, and to keep us from being our best selves with our kids. Ephesians 6.12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we must put on the armor of God. Stand firm with your belt of truth, your breastplate of righteousness, and your feet 
fitted with the readiness that comes from peace. Stand firm with your shield of faith, your helmet of salvation, and your sword of the spirit that is the word of God, and teach them to your children. Thank you. Finally, we cannot effectively utilize any of these tools if we don't individually stay connected to Jesus. And I recommend you do this through a daily quiet time. And I can hear your thoughts right now. You say, I am too busy. I'm a mom. I am too busy to have a quiet time each day. But I promise you can make time. I promise when you spend time with Jesus, he multiplies your time. You will be shocked at what you can accomplish when you spend that time with him and ask him for creativity. Ask him, where are the windows? Where are the pockets of time? How can I make this happen? Um, one thing I would challenge you to do the next time you go on social media, set a stopwatch. And when you're finished, look and see how much time you actually spent there. There's a little bit of grumbling happening at the Tampa campus. How you doing down there, South Shore? Plant City, don't get mad at me. Don't be mad at me. I'm trying to help you. Greg says this all the time. I'm not trying to take something from you or get something from you. I'm trying to get someone to you. We're here to help you. But being connected with Jesus is the most important thing. Quiet times don't have to be long, but a daily connection to the word. There is this amazing app called YouVersion. There are reading plans where you read through scripture in a year. There's devotionals with all different kinds of subjects like parenting. Um, great ways to connect with the word. And then take them just a few minutes to pray. Tell the Lord, I can't do this without you. I need you. You're my source. You're my wisdom. And that's when he increases your capacity to handle everything that comes your direction. You will totally be amazed when a situation happens and you go, oh my gosh, I just read this in the word like two days ago. He prepares us in advance when we'll take that time with him. When I think back over my 26 years of parenting our three children, I wish I could say I never missed a quiet time. I don't know. I, okay, there's probably a few people in the world who could say they never missed a quiet time, but not very many, right? Like you have to have at least been sick or something one day where you didn't have a quiet time. <laughs> I hope so, because otherwise that's just more guilt for me. I don't know. <laughs> what I can say about it though, with complete confidence, is the times when I was most consistent with my quiet times were the times that were the most enjoyable and fulfilling for me and us as a family. As you begin to have your quiet times, you will, you will become very familiar with the voice of the Lord. He has a very sweet, gentle whisper of affirmation that he will give you that will dissipate that guilt and the mistakes that you've made. I don't think we'll ever be without any mom guilt. But I do know that God will replace feelings of guilt and condemnation and unhealthy shame with love, comfort, and truth. We can actually exchange. We can give him our guilt and he will give us his grace. Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30 says, Jesus said, take my yoke upon me, uh, sorry, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your anxieties, your cares on him, for he cares for you. 
If you're struggling, if you're still struggling with these feelings of mom guilt, I want to encourage you to write down Romans 8, 1, sticky notes, index cards, tape them all around, bathroom, mirror, kitchen, microwave, refrigerator, in your car, memorize it, read it over and over. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That is what's true. There is such thing as healthy shame and conviction that leads to life change. But guilt, unhealthy shame and condemnation are not from God. They're not from God. So let's all agree, we are not going to give in to guilt, right? Don't give up on your consistency to stalk your children openly, pray for them fervently, fight for them spiritually and abide in Jesus for your wisdom and strength. Amen. Amen. Whether you're potty training a toddler or helping your high schooler fill out college applications or you're walking with your young adult child into parenthood, Jesus is the one who gives us what we need in every situation. Let's pray together. I do believe there are individuals here today who have yet to surrender their lives to the Lord. If you're feeling healthy shame right now, not like a crushing condemnation, but a conviction that you have not been following Jesus, I have really good news for you. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And verse 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I know I have not given you my whole life. I want to change my heart. I want to stop trying to do everything on my own. I need you. Please come into my heart. Exchange this guilt with grace. I receive your gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed that message from Pastor Tamar Dumas. Don't forget you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcasts by subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. We hope to worship with you in person at one of our three locations in Central Florida this weekend. For all times and locations, visit our website at wearecrossing.com.